Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. It is a show where conversations save lives. This is episode 104, and I'm excited to be here. I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. DW, my co-host. Man, how you doing? Good. Good. Good to be with you. It's always good. You know, Jeff, we have great conversations about things that I think are very important. And, and, and it's great to have people just kind of tune in and listen to the uh, conversation because it always, it always goes somewhere, I think. Yeah. And tonight, it's just you and me. Jason is off this week, and we've got a couple of guests that couldn't make it in with us. But we'll still have a great conversation tonight because these are conversations that, again, I believe they save lives. We talk about things that are not only happening in the world, but also some of the spiritual things about it. Because really, if you want to talk about hope, you want to talk about uh, things that bring you peace and joy in your life, these aren't just physical things that we deal with. A lot of times it's a spiritual component. The reality is is that spiritual things – in some way, they play a part of our everyday life. And, you know, Dave, one of the spiritual things, one of the things that makes me, I guess, a little bit more cheerful is seeing the sun every day. I don't know about you, but seeing whether it's the sunrise or waking up a little bit after sunrise, just seeing the sun, to me, uh, it maybe makes my day a little bit more cheery. What things make you a little bit more cheery? Just getting up sometimes in the morning and and, and sitting and meeting with God and enjoying the process of, of uh, really feeling as if, uh, your heavenly Father has created the world that's kind of coming alive for you to enjoy and be a part of. Hmm. Um, I think it, the sun, indeed, is part of that. Um, I, I love rainstorms too. I mean, I'll sit. Uh, I have a little area that I study in where it's all windows, and I can look out into the national forest and and I'll sit there and just watch. You know, the animals come in, the birds come in. I'll I'll, I'll watch the rainstorms. I'll watch the sun come up or go down. Yeah, I have my little fireplace on. I'm telling you, there, there's a lot about life that is really uh, very special and very good. And there's a lot about life that's very hard. And and, and those, sometimes they, they mix and they kind of cause you craziness at times, trying to figure out um, what about life is, is it that allows you to enjoy the moment while realizing this moment is fleeting and that there's a better moment to come. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be very confusing to people. Yeah, and we've been on this Faith Fundamentals series recently, and we're going to continue that tonight a little bit in a little bit of a different way. We want to talk about the spiritual realm, the heavenly realms. See, I think so many times we get wrapped up in whether it's our problems or our stuff, our situations, and we feel like they're just a physical reality. And a lot of times they are. I mean, whether it's a health concern, whether it is you know financial issues, there are so many things that grab our attention from a physical sense. But how do we address the spiritual sense? And I want to talk about that, Dave, because I, I don't know about many of our listeners, but I've had to realize in my own life that it's not just a physical reality. There's a lot of spiritual things that are going on that I don't really see. They're not as plain as you would think. Yeah. You know what? And you're absolutely right there. In fact, I would love to set the table a little bit. If you go into the Bible or you just think about the past history, uh, let's say like Abraham Lincoln, 
All right. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, um, he died at some point. In fact, it was a tragic death and that kind of thing. Our nation knows that. But according to the Bible, he's still very much alive. Mm-hmm. Moses in the Bible, he, he's dead. But according to the Bible, he's very much alive. Um, my question would be this. What is Abraham or, or what is Moses doing right now? Hmm. What are they doing? Uh, man, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, you can go through and ask anybody. My dad has died. My mom has died. You know, you, you could ask, what are they doing right now? Uh, God, when we understand who God is, he's everywhere all at once. All right. And Jesus everywhere all at once. What are they doing right now, wherever they're at? I mean, I mean they're everywhere, but what are they doing? Uh, Satan, if you understand what's going on in the Bible, it talks about uh, Satan. And my question is, you know, what's he doing right now? Now, what's interesting to me is when I just start plugging those things in my brain, I begin to realize that there's a reality out there that I'm not even aware of. And in order to be okay, I really need to plug into reality. It's very important that I do that. And so that's really what I think we have to do with our guests. I would agree. And Dave, what do you make of, I mean, Satan? There are so many different, some people will say to you, well, that's just a lot of good fairy tales. You know, I don't really know that Satan and the devil, these are real people. I mean, are real beings. Like these, these things really exist. Does Satan, does, does the devil really exist? Are there really angels? I mean, tell me about the spiritual realm. I, I think one of the things that goes back to the basics and a very simple thing, first and foremost, you have to deal with who Jesus is. Is he really God? Did he really exist? Mm. Is he really somebody you can trust? Now, now we've talked about that in other shows, and I encourage people to get their, their podcasts and listen to them. But, but that's, the reason we have to do that is because Jesus, as a historical figure, came to this earth that, that's very easily verifiable. He died, he rose from the dead, and he left. Now, if Jesus is God, and, and there's no reason to believe that he's not if you just look at, the, look at what happened. If Jesus is God, he talks about Satan. He talks about Satan as an enemy. He talks about Satan as real. He talks about Satan as, an, as, as somebody who's going to be defeated. So what we have to understand is that there really is a God and there really is Satan. Now, if you want to go back to the oldest book in the Bible, the book of Job, I know it's not the first book, but it's possibly the oldest. What you see there is that God and Satan were dialoguing, and God and Satan were in a battle. And that's what we want to see. There is a battle. In, in reality, it's, it's like this, Jeff. There is a battle going on for the very concept of love and for the, the devotion of man. When you look at the book of Job, you see that Satan was avoiding this guy, Job. And he was avoiding this guy, Job, because he didn't want to deal with a guy who actually understood things. Hmm. But when God pointed him out, Satan went after him. And the reason Satan went after him was very simple, because he was convinced that Job had things messed up. He was convinced that Job would abandon God because he thought God was his sugar daddy in the sky or whatever, because, because Job was a rich guy. He had everything. God blessed him. God took care of him. And, and Satan was convinced that Job didn't really know what love was or what this world was about. And this world isn't about comfort, and it's really not about us uh, manipulating God to get our way, and Job knew that. So Satan took everything away from him, in a short version of the story, but he took everything away from him, including his health. And Job never cursed God, because the battle really here on earth is about what love is. That's what the battle is, because every human being wants to be significant and secure 
And, and that's this, the, the byproduct of being loved by an almighty God. And what Satan does is try and mess up the idea of what love is. And so, so in essence, what's happening, there's this huge battle over the very idea of love. And, and we can know if we're understanding this by whether we understand the significance of our lives and the security of our lives or whether we're still trying to be significant and be secure. So this battle, I mean, these are things to some people who are listening tonight, they're like, what, what, tell me about this battle. What, what are we talking about here? When did it begin? I mean, do I see this battle going on? Yeah. Well, the Bible makes it clear. And in Romans 12 and other places, the battle is in your mind. And that's why understanding love is important. I'll give you an example. Uh, A lot of people will redefine love. They'll say, well, if you love me, you'll give me whatever I want. If you'll love me, you'll make sure I do, you know, I get, uh, I'm always happy and I'm always, well, that's not really love. It, love is really a choice to put somebody else's interest before your own. Uh, love is really something that, that demands a choice. And, and if there's a choice demanded, then there also has to be consequences as a part of the choice. So, uh, you know, if God made me without a choice, if God made me as an object of love, and he, then he didn't give me a choice, then love would be dramatically different. My choices actually are going to matter in this life. And I think what happens is Satan tries to work it so that we think that our choices don't matter and that if God was real, that he would not punish us or hurt us. And if he really loved us, we could do whatever we wanted and there'd be no consequences. And I think we need to to kind of expand that more as we go on, Jeff, because the battle really is usually about singular small things that get blown up into bigger things that become very confusing. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk about the spiritual realm of things. Help to unpack that a little bit because we get so set on our present reality, the physical reality, but there's so much more going on that we don't see. And there's so much more at stake than we realize a lot of times. And when we talk about hope, we can't talk about hope unless we address the spiritual realm. So we're going to talk about this on the show. Join us on the tweet back right now. If you're on Twitter, connect with us, use the hashtag HNRTB, or just shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. And this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at NicolayBibleInstitute.org. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Connect with us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. You can shoot us an email. Be a part of this conversation tonight on the show. We are continuing on in our Faith Fundamentals series and talking about the spiritual realm. Because, Dave, there are so many times in my own life, we've talked about this many a time on the show, addressing not just the physical reality. There's a lot of things that we face in life, we go through in life, that aren't just a physical manifestation of issues, but they're actually a spiritual component. There's there's spiritual side to, I think, every situation that we face in our life. Some of us really pursue after a life of comfort, of pleasures, of everything else, but they end up making us feel like they're just not satisfying anymore. And so when we look at those things, we look at this world today, and we were just talking about how there's a battle in the spiritual realm, an unseen battle that's going on. I want to kind of talk a little bit about that because that can kind of seem 
weird or foreign to some of some of those that are listening tonight. What do you mean by a spiritual battle begin? If we're talking about Satan, we talk about the devil. What happened here? How did all of a sudden this devil become a devil? Wasn't he an angel to begin with? Yeah, you know what he was. And and let me let me kind of back the bus up and try and talk about. Uh, some things that I really don't understand and I don't think anybody in the world understands. By definition, God is love, which means that, that God is one who has chosen to put the needs of other people before himself, which is demonstrated when Jesus came to earth to die for us. And, and that's getting ahead of us, but, mm-hmm. but just let's focus on the idea of love. Love is something that would demand a choice. We talked about that before. You know, um, if you came into my office and you looked at me and my computer, my, my Mac laptop all of a sudden said, Dave, I love you. And, and I said, oh, excuse me, my computer's very affectionate. <laughs> and then we, we continued to, to talk about things. And about 15 minutes later, my computer said, excuse me, Dave, I really love you. <laughs> and, and about every 15 minutes, my computer would cut in and do that. Hey, let me ask you, Jeff, what would you be thinking about me? About you using your computer and it? Yeah. Oh, um... yeah. I mean, you're not really thinking about the computer in, in a sense. No, I, but I, I'm just thinking there's got to be some kind of automated thing here that Davis set up to remind him that his computer loves him. What in the world? Yeah, yeah, this is all about Dave. This is all about Dave. So you would never say this, would you? Would you ever say, oh, Dave, your computer is so affectionate. It loves you so much. It's amazing. I mean, it's it's just amazing the feelings it has and, and the devotion it has to you. You would never say that. No, I would think your webcam wouldn't be working either because it obviously could not tell who was sitting at its computer. <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> and you know what? So many people use this argument uh, or this line of thinking to talk about God. They will say, well, if God was a God of love and God cared for us. Why didn't he just make us all do everything right all the time? Mm. Well, what good would that be? Honestly. Yeah. I mean, can you picture, can you picture like you and I getting up this morning, Jeff, and going through our routine and the angels in heaven and all of the the, the celestial beings looking down and, and we get up and go, God, I love you. God, I love you. Oh God, I'm going to listen to you. And, and all in God going, boy, look how they love me. And all the angels really in the back of their heads are going, they don't have a choice. Yeah. You know, God, you didn't give them any choice. This is meaningless, what you just did. Hmm. In order for love to have meaning, in order for it to be anything meaningful, I need to be able to say no to God. I need to be able to do that. There has to be a viable option, or love is a meaningless expression. Um, when When you got married, Jeff, did you tell your wife that she had to love you and that she had to marry you and that was final? I didn't use those specific terms. No, no, I, I didn't. No. I didn't go there. No, yeah, you, nobody goes there. I mean, you don't say, "Look, you have to marry me." That's the final word of it. Yeah. Uh, you you ask, and part of the the specialness of a relationship is the fact that they respond to you, mm. that they choose you. Yeah, and and that's what the Bible talks about: the specialness of marriage is, is that we choose somebody else over everybody else for the rest of our lives. That makes it very special. That makes it very important because we have chosen to do that. Not because we're forced to do that, but because we've chosen to do that. Yeah. And in life, what you find is that the things that are so valuable in life are not the things that we are forced to do, but the things we choose to do. And that's what love is all about. So when you're talking about Satan and choices and what went on in the heavenly realm and whatever, the idea of Satan falling from his position of power is something that's very important so that God 
could demonstrate his love and what love really was and what love really is. So everybody that's listening to us today, and, and you and I included, are people that actually have choices, and those choices actually matter, and there are really consequences attached to those choices. In fact, I feel so strongly about it. I actually wrote a book, Ideas Have Consequences, is the name of the book, yeah. because of the fact that, that our choices actually do matter. If I'm going to beat my head on a rock, what can I expect? Pain, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. frustration. So what if I... What if I beat my head on a rock and I and I start crying out to God, saying, "God, why are you making this rock hurt me?" <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, and here's the thought process: God, you could make it so this rock didn't hurt me. That that's true. I could. You, you could make it so that I didn't beat my head on it. You could force me not to. You're right. I could, but I don't do that. I choose not to do that because if I did that, your choices would be meaningless, mm-hmm. and so love would be meaningless. And, and so when you put things in perspective, what we have to realize is that there is a right and a wrong, make, making a good and a bad, and, and you and I as people are going to have choices all along. And the rules that Satan works from and the rules that God works from are, are different, totally. They're, they're just totally different. Hmm. In other words, God asks us. He doesn't coerce us. He doesn't force us. He asks us to consider his love and respond to it. Satan coerces us. He, he tries to deceive and, and do anything he can. It, it's kind of like another illustration, Jeff. When I grew up, I liked to, uh, to do sports and different things, and I liked to box with my brother. And I wasn't a very good boxer, but I did like to box. And so we'd go in the garage, and we'd put on the gloves, and we'd box, you know, and, and we'd have our own rules. Like if you would stun, if I stunned my brother, he stunned me, that was one point. If you knocked him to the floor, that was two. And if you uh, had to get mom, you won. I mean, that, that was, you know, kind of the rule book. So, so the bottom line was, though, we used to love to have this organized fight. I've had friends who were pilots in the military, and, and I would ask them, you're going out over a— uh, you know, you're going to go in a fighter plane, et cetera. Do you prepare to get shot down? And they look at me like I'm crazy. No, we're going to win this one. Yeah. You know, I'm always going to come home. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you might think it's arrogant, but it's like, no, you know what? There's certain people, they run into fights mm. because they're very well trained. Yeah. God will never be defeated. He runs into that fight. He will never be defeated. Satan knows that. But Satan also knows this. Just like someone who's fighting me would know. If you really want to hurt Dave Wager... If you come after me with boxing gloves, I'm going to put the gloves on and I'm going to enjoy the process. So, you know, come on, bring it on. But if you really want to hurt me, hurt my wife or my kids. They're not fighters. Yeah. They don't know how to defend themselves and they're not fighters. And, and Satan knows that. It, it's, it's like Satan wants to go after Dave Wager because Dave Wager cannot be him. But God can. Hmm. And so he goes after the one that's vulnerable. He goes after the one that can beat him. And, and the really truth of the matter is my family is going to be safe if they allow me to be in, in the mix and protect them. But they're not going to be safe if they try and take on those villains by themselves because they're not trained to fight and they don't like it and they're not going to win. I'm going to be okay in a simple manner if I just stay by my father because he'll defend me. He'll take care of me. And and when you look at the Bible, and I think the next segment we'll have to get into, I, I can read and, and show you uh, Satan from the beginning and how, how it happened, and that kind of thing is found in the book of Isaiah, and we can talk about that. But the bottom line really is, there's this thing called love, and this thing called love needs a real choice. Hmm. And Satan and his demonic forces and God and angels are the two choices that we have. There aren't three or four or five. There are two choices. 
And these choices actually are going to matter, and there's actually consequences stuck to the choices. And that's why God is a God of love and why we're commanded to love, because it's really not something we're forced to do. One day we will be forced. When we're, this life is over, we stand before God, we stand before judgment seat. Not now our choices are pretty much over. But right now, our choices are not over at this point. And, and we do get to respond, and we do have consequences attached to them. That's a, a really great point, and I hope you understand that. One of the things we've talked about many a time on the show is that we were made to love. We are made to love God. We are made to love others. What does that mean? How does that look in our life? What are the spiritual implications of that? We're going to talk about that when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Connect with us right now on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Anytime you need to, you can chat with the live coach as well at HopeNet360.com. They're there around the clock. They would love to talk to you. Maybe this has been a difficult week in your life. Maybe things are a little bit uncertain. You've got some questions about life, about faith, about a situation that you're facing, and you just need to talk to somebody right now. There's a live coach waiting to chat with you at HopeNet360.com. So, Jeff, DW with you tonight on the show. Just the two of us, Dave. And I think it's still a very big conversation, talking about the spiritual realm, the spiritual part of things. When we talk about fundamentals, the foundations of our faith, understanding how things work and how they operate, we talk a lot about reality. We talk about living in reality, living in the context we were created to live in. But I think it's so important not just to look at the physical sense of that, how we were created to live, but also the spiritual side of that. We were talking about this battle that takes place. Now, we've been talking about Satan. We talk about the devil. We sometimes make assumptions that people understand why this battle even exists in the first place. And if I'm to understand this correctly, Dave, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, whatever name you want to put in here, this was a created angel, uh, uh, an angel in heaven who was basically the morning star. The Bible talks about this, and we can talk a little bit about where that comes from in the Bible. But this was an angel who was with God in heaven, worshiping, giving him glory and praise and all of that. And suddenly there was a, a moment where things changed for the devil. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Now, I would encourage our listeners, as we talk about anything in the Bible, only talk about things and, and, and that you know for sure are there. We can speculate beyond that, and it's, it's okay to speculate, but realize that you are speculating and that you don't want to put a whole lot of um, your hope and thought process and belief system into speculation. Here's what we know about angels in the Bible, that, that there's God, and he's in three uh, forms, if you want to call it. It's God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, they're one, they're three. All right, we're not going to spend a lot of time there today, but that that's in, in heaven, that's, that's the way it is. God, I give words. When I teach theology, I give words for each of these. God is the Father. Jesus, the Son. The Holy Spirit is the communicator. And angels are the messengers. And, and if you look in the Bible, that's exactly how it works. Hmm. The angels are always messengers of God. And when they're sent to do something, you may not know that they're even there, whatever else it might be. When Lazarus, in the rich man and Lazarus story in the Bible, when Lazarus died, angels were sent to carry Lazarus to the Father. See, that they, they were messengers. Yeah. They would bring messages. They would go out and, and do particular duties. They, they would do that. Uh, we're told in the Bible that the, the angels have fought 
over the body of Moses. Hmm. <laughs> Believe it or not, the <laughs> angels who are loyal to God and the angels that are loyal to Satan have actually fought over Moses' body. Wow. Why, we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us, so I'm not going to speculate. But we do know that there, there's, there's activity going on between the angels. Hmm. So, so what we understand is that at one point, Lucifer, who is now Satan that we call him or, or Lucifer, was, was an angel. And there, there is some kind of ranking with angels. I'm not really sure how God does the ranking, but there's angels that do certain things, and there's angels that are over other angels. So I'm I'm, I'm really not sure about all that. Mm. I, I just know that it's there. Yeah. So there's some kind of ranking, and Lucifer was like top dog, um, angel, top dog angel, whatever that was, mm. and and whatever happened, he began to look at what was going on and thinking. If you could imagine being um, the number two power in the universe. Not, not necessarily, uh, probably number four, if you want to say Jesus, God, and Holy Spirit. But I'm, I'm putting Jesus, God, and Holy Spirit as one. And then, you know, Lucifer, the top angel, would probably be number two as far as power in the universe. Yeah. And, and so when you look at it, it's like, wow, the Bible makes it pretty clear that Lucifer started to think, I don't like this number two spot. Hmm. I want to be number one. Yeah. But here's the problem. He wasn't made to be number one. He can't be number one. And all that does is take away from what the way things are made and meant to be. So it's going to cause problems. Yep. We find that in Isaiah fourteen twelve. I, I could read it to you. It says, how are you fallen from heaven, O day star? He was called morning star, day star, the son of dawn. This is Lucifer's talking about. How are you cut down to the ground? And you who had laid the nations low, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly of the, in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. He says, I will make myself like God. Mm. And, and, and what happened right with that statement was, you have just messed up the most fundamental part of life. Yeah. We were made to glorify God. Now, you might say, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that we were made to show people who God is. And when we do that, we're living in the way that we were actually made. We're functioning in the way we were made. And if we don't do that, if we choose not to do that, and it's our choice, then we will never function the way we were made, and we will be miserable. Yeah. And what, what Satan did, what Lucifer did, was start to say, I do not want to live in the realm of how I was created. See, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit were not created. Angels were. And, and, and the, and, and for some reason, in some way, God gave angels uh, the ability to make some choices. There, what we found then through scriptures, a bunch of angels followed Lucifer. He's very persuasive. Can you imagine what kind of persuasiveness you have to have, Jeff, to convince people who have been in the presence of God that you're more powerful than God and they should follow you? <laughs> uh, man, that's a loaded question. Um, he's got to be persuasive. Yeah. Definitely. So, so when you and I think that we can take him on in persuasion, I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, Satan is good at what he does. Yep. And and what he's really good at is deceiving and lying. In fact, the Bible calls him the father of lies. The, the Bible it talks about him as a deceiver. Those are some of the names given to him. Yeah. And he's really, really, really good. It, it, you know, I'm, my head is spinning because there's there's so many things in the Bible that you put together here. Yes. Because you say, okay, he's a deceiver, a liar. What does Jesus say? The truth is what sets you free. Why? Because the truth sets you free from deception and lies. Yep. So all of a sudden, that's what we're fighting. We're fighting this deceiver, this liar, who basically now realizes 
that Dave Wager and Jeff Stroman, we, we are people that God loves and that he can't beat God. Yep. But he knows that his opportunity to hurt God is by destroying the ones he loves. So he's after us. And the reality is deception, and I want to talk about this in the second half of the show a little bit more, Dave, is that deception is something that it, it is not really something that exists. All, it, all deception does is it just makes us believe that something is false, maybe an image or something has been repackaged and it makes it real. It makes it true. It makes it uh, working you know, the way that it was created, designed to be used or to be made or and even us too. I mean we, we ourselves can be deceived into thinking that there's something real to a situation or a circumstance in our life that really isn't. That's not the way that it is. It's not the way it was intended. Right. And so deception is more of a sign that there is something that does matter. See, there's really no need for deception if nothing matters. I want to talk about this in the second half of the show. I also want to look at this passage in John 8, if we've got some time, and to really talk about where that comes from. Jesus did call Satan, did call the devil the father of lies, and I want to give some context to that because it's so critical. How Jesus said it, what he was talking about there really does matter. And so maybe tonight, maybe you've been in a dark place in your life. Maybe your spiritual life has kind of grown a little bit dark. And this is maybe a good show. This is a good conversation to have because when I look in the world, there are so many things physically that divert our attention, that take our attention off of God, off of our relationship with him. And it moves it to a place of, well, I can do this. I can handle it. I can take care of myself. I'm a big kid. You know, for me, Dave, turning 30, I should feel like, man, I'm a big kid now. I can actually handle myself. I have everything under control. And, man, I find over and over again that things in this life, I so often get deceived into thinking that I can handle this. I can do it all myself, not realizing that that is playing right into the battle that's going on in the spiritual realm. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. Remember to connect with us right now in the tweet back. Be a part of this conversation. I love reading your tweets, love responding, and also your emails. Just use the hashtag HNRTV on Twitter. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. And this conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio, and I'd love to invite you, our listening guest, to a special weekend at the Wolf River Refuge, sponsored by Silver Birch Ranch, a time where we get together and learn how to really study the Bible. We call it Digging Deeper. It'll be held February 19th to 21st. You can find more information at wolfriverrefuge.org. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. All you got to do is go to HopeNet360.com slash podcast, and you can subscribe. That way you can find all of our past episodes, some great conversations there. You can share them with your friends, and we would love for you to do that because these are what I would consider million-dollar conversations, Dave. You and I, we have a great opportunity to to just share experiences, share life, and 
to share how God has made himself real in some way in our life. Not that we have it all figured out, because I can guarantee you I do not have it all figured out. And yet we still know and trust in the one who sees everything plainly. And that is God. We want to talk about some of these things that I think are absolutely fundamental to our faith. And tonight we've been talking about the spiritual realm because it's easy to focus on the physical things. Maybe there are health concerns going on in your life. Maybe there are financial things that are happening. Maybe life has been really good. And so you've got a lot of good things going for you. Great job, good workplace, things are happening. And and so maybe we get caught in the trap that we feel like, well, I really don't need God right now. Like there doesn't seem to be a battle going on in my life. Like, what are you guys even talking about tonight? So uh, as we've continued on in our conversation, Dave, I think it's important to look at this this passage in John 8. So if you have a Bible, if you got the Bible app on your phone, your tablet, whatever, or you just had one of those actual Bibles, you can open up to John 8, 31 through 47. And this is a story where Jesus is talking to some Jewish people in his day and his age. Jesus was a real person, lived in a real time with real people, and he's just engaging in this conversation with him. But I want us to notice a couple of things. Jesus is talking about some issues, and we'll see in this passage, that not only relate in a physical sense, but he was so much more focused on the spiritual sense. And it starts in verse 31 and says this, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the people responded, interestingly enough, like any human would, they said, but we're descendants of Abraham. Abraham was their father. In, in Israel, he was looked at as the great patriarch of the nation of Israel. And they said, we've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you'll be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. And he goes on and says, yes, I realize you're descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. And they replied, saying, our father is Abraham. That's what they declared. No, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. And interestingly, if, do you guys see a pattern in this? They're, they're going on and, and these religious people are saying, no, you know, we're, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. See, they're focusing on the physical reality. Abraham's our father, which then makes God himself our father. They, they firmly believe that because of their lineage, because of their religion, because of their life, you know, their, their family, that they were automatically by default a child of God. And Jesus is looking at the spiritual side of it. Jesus told them going on here in this passage, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. You are the children of your father, the devil. See, now he comes out and actually says what the spiritual thing is there. This changes a lot of stuff, Dave. And you love to do the evil things he does. The devil, he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. And and Jesus goes on here to say this very defining phrase. He says, for he is a liar. The devil is a liar and the father 
of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. See, Jesus is talking about the spiritual side of things, whereas these religious people, they were like, well, no, uh, Jesus, Abraham was our father, which then makes God our father. So what are you talking about here? And Jesus was addressing the reality that people were living with lies and believing things that were just not true. And they were not only that, but then they were also deceiving other people and attacking Jesus, not realizing, not recognizing the lie that they were believing. So here's the spiritual battle. Jesus really outlines the spiritual battle well. And Dave, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this passage. You know what? I think it's so normal and that's why it's in in the Bible, because we often confuse the physical for the spiritual. Uh, in other words, man, I go to church, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do this. And, and therefore, God should do this. It's like, no, you just did all this physical stuff. You know, the, the truth of the matter is very simple. You either have a relationship with God or you don't. And, and there's a family issue here. Mm. Um, let's, let's take a look at, at, at a family issue to, to just bring the, it into the realm of truth. If I am in God's family, I'm in God's family because I was adopted into his family. Yeah. Anyone who's been adopted realizes that they don't contribute to the adoption. They just contribute by the fact that they're needy. I'm just needy. Hmm. And, and God says, I have the resources. I can take care of this. I care for you. You can be in my family. Bingo. I'm in his family then because of Jesus and what he did and the price that God paid for me, not because of the price I paid. Hmm. So, so what that does is it changes it from the physical to the spiritual realm. Uh, for example, if, if it's the physical realm, I'm saying, I wonder how good I have to be before I'm good enough so that God lets me in his family. Now, that's the physical realm, goodness. I'm, I'm going out to try and do things, works. I'm trying to be a nice guy so mm. that God loves me. That That's not going to work. See, that's the physical realm. Everything that's right is the spiritual realm, which is basically allowing God to be God. I am not a child of God because of what I do or because of what I say. I'm a child of God because of God's provision for me, and I've accepted that. That's it. So that's a spiritual realm. And and basically what Satan does is he gets it all discombobulated. He gets it all confused. And, and, and because it's so confusing, we don't even know where we're at. And that's why we need to have things in our lives so that we can discern what the truth is because the truth sets you free. Think of it this way, Jeff. Because I know I'm adopted and because I know that I contributed nothing to this, that God did everything, and I contributed nothing. It was his mercy. It's his grace that holds me there. It's not Dave Wager. Because of that, I live in a way where I show gratitude to God. Hmm. I don't live in a way where God owes me anything. If I were to put it in a physical realm like these people were doing, well, God, I gave you money. I did this. I did this. I said that. I sacrificed. Now you need to give me. Hmm. You see, now I'm not so grateful anymore. Yeah. I'm not grateful because I earned it somehow. <laughs> And, and that's the physical part. And that, those are the lies that Satan likes to yield to, wield at us. You know, it's like, yeah, you need to make this about Dave Wager. You need to make this about your lineage. You need to make this about you. You know what? What if it's not about me at all? What if it's all about God? Mm. And that's the spiritual side. That is the spiritual side. And that's, that is the truth. And yet we are convinced or we get convinced that it's not really about God, that it's really about me. It's really about my happiness. It's really about my possessions, my blessings. Yeah, moving it back to that physical. It's moving it right back to the physical. You're absolutely right, Dave. I mean, it's just, it's looking at it from 
really an internal perspective saying, I am the cause for everything. I am the source of it. And we've talked about that in our first part of this conversation, this first part of the Faith Fundamental Series, is that God is the first cause. I mean, we look at, from a rational sense, the thing we understand about God is that he caused everything to be. I mean, he is what everything exists from. See, the thing about the devil and any any real thing in this world we don't create anything. We just take what's already available to us and we put it in some kind of form. Now, we can build things that are either used for kingdom work and, and good and benefiting other people, or we can make things, manipulate them, turn them into things that destroy and that destroy relationships. They destroy uh, maybe things in a physical sense, but even in an emotional sense. So we can take these things. The same thing is true with the devil. He actually doesn't create anything. And so that was his real flaw when he fell from heaven was that he thought he could just be the cause of the stars, put his throne above God's throne, be above the most high. And and somehow in his thinking, he got to thinking that it was just, it was, you know, it could be attained by any stretch of the imagination. That just doesn't work. And we end up falling flat on our face when we get convinced that, I can just do this. I'm the source of all the goodness in my life that maybe my wealth or my health is a byproduct of how I've decided to live my life as though maybe some kind of a religious creed makes that available to me. It's so much more beyond what we see and what we know. And we want to help you unpack this. So this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Also, while you're there, if you need to, there are live coaches available to chat with about life, about struggles, about maybe some of the spiritual darkness or spiritual deception that you've been facing in your life. And that's all right now at HopeNet360.com. Anytime there for you, day or night, doesn't matter when, just go and chat, go and connect. Jeff, DW with you tonight. This passage in John 8 has been fascinating that Jesus called out these religious people saying, yeah, you're focusing on the physical realm. And Dave, we focus a lot on the physical realm, but Jesus was talking about something much more than that, the spiritual realm, that when we begin to live and we begin to to live a life that's rooted in lies and we see uh, sometimes things that happen in our culture, I talked about how Satan doesn't use, he doesn't create anything, he just uses stuff and he takes it and manipulates it and and I, I often think, you know, how Satan works is he'll take something that was good and he repackages it, puts a new sticker on it, puts a new logo on it, says, here, this is really the the real thing. And it really turns out to not be that thing. And, you know, we see that so often in our life, the, the counterfeits that are out there in our life, whether it's counterfeit money or it's counterfeit people. Um, you know, I, I just, I see so many examples of this. This world is full of counterfeits yeah. and in our own world, you know, we get convinced that certain things will bring us joy, will bring us real peace or real satisfaction, real significance, real security in our life. And it really turns out to be a counterfeit, man. How do we address this? This, this it's much more than a physical realm. It's a spiritual issue. Can we talk about this? Yeah, you know, I, I think when, one of the things you have to do is keep in mind that Satan is the ultimate user. He's the ultimate user. <laughs> it, it, and I don't know how many people like to be used by somebody. Not me. Yeah, nobody does. Nobody likes it when we are we are used by somebody. If you're used by a salesman, you know, I made the sale, sold this piece of junk, ha, 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 I got a lot of money. You know, n- nobody likes that. No. Nobody likes to be used used in a relationship. 
You know, I got what I wanted from this girl. I'm done with her. You know, I mean, nobody likes being used. And that's all Satan is. And that's what we've got to see him as he's the ultimate user. He will use us for his benefit, not for ours. Hmm. God works opposite of that. God doesn't use us. He gives us life. It tells us that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Hmm. Satan uses us. God gives us life. I mean, it's our choice. Some people go in and they, you know, they use the user and they themselves become users like prostitutes. You know, it's like, well, if you're going to use me, then I'm going to use you to pay me. And ultimately I'll twist it around and we're both using each other. What kind of great relationship is that? It's not. I mean, no, that stinks. And, and yet that's the ultimate user-user relationship. You know, it's like, no, there's nothing good about user relationships. In fact, what I have found is there are people all over the world that I've met, and there are people in our country who today are suffering. They're, they're suffering physically maybe, or maybe they've lost a loved one, or maybe, you know, whatever it might be. And, and you know what? These people actually have joy, and they're okay. They, they love life. They love what's going on. It's amazing to me to watch them. Yeah. And the reason is, is because they've realized that it's not this physical world is, is not what's going to deliver. It's the spiritual world. And walking with God, I, I was reading about John Bunyan who wrote uh, Pilgrim's Progress, and he was, in, he was in jail two times, and he was separated from his family, all just because he was preaching the Bible. Mm. That was it. One of the things Bunyan talked about was the importance of suffering in this world so that he could see God clearly. And I thought, man, there's a guy with perspective. The physical of this world was not something that, that was going to be able to get him. Can you think about it? If you took the, the main strategy of your enemy away from you, he has nothing to beat you with. Yep. Here Bunyan was saying, oh, the suffering actually helps me see God better. So Satan is out there doling out suffering, and, and, and John Bunyan's saying, yeah, boy, that, thank you. That helps me see God better. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> or the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul was saying, I've been shipwrecked, I've been this, I've been that. You know, you couldn't beat this guy. Yep. You couldn't beat the Apostle Paul. Yep. Uh, so they're saying, well, we're going to throw you in jail. He goes, oh, good, because my ambition is to tell people about the gospel who never heard, and the jailer never heard, so I'll tell him. Yeah. Well, then we're going to throw you out of prison. Oh, good, then I get to tell the masses about about that. <laughs> well, we're going to kill you. He goes, oh, you're going to kill me? Then I win. Yep. And, and and then they look at him and go, okay, we won't kill you. He goes, oh, then you win, because I'm going to stay here and tell you about Jesus. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine? They, they went back then, and they, I imagine, they went back and had a committee meeting like, what can we do to bother this guy? Right. Is there anything physically we could do to bother this guy? Because mm-hmm. I, I think we've tried it all. And on everything, he comes back and going, he, and he says, oh, good, good, good. This is how this will work. You know, we're not preaching here a, a message of positive attitude. Yeah. That isn't what we're saying. Remember, we've talked about before on the show, Satan works from the body to try and take over the mind where God works from the mind to take over the body. Hmm. And, and when the body starts taking over the mind, I want our listeners to hear this because it's, a, it's an easy way to see where you're really at. When your urges and your desires and your body takes over your mind, that's satanic. Hmm. Some of you might be saying, well, I have you know, a disease like I do. I have narcolepsy or, or I have cerebral palsy or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't, don't put it in that realm. That, that's a different issue. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about urges and, and those kinds of things that come to us. And when our body and our, our urges and our desires start taking over our mind and we start to justify evil and we start to justify using people. And, and, and before you know it, we talk ourselves into believing that lies are truth. And that becomes the word deception at that point. Yep. You know, you have to remember that a good lie sounds like the truth anyway. Yeah, it does. And, and if, you know, if Satan is a good liar, He's going to sound like he's telling you the truth. Right. 
after you actually believe it, that's deception. Yep. And deception is so hard to get out of because you actually believe it's true. And why would anybody try and get out of something that they believe is true? Hmm. So you need to have help on this one. Yeah. Um, this is where the body of Christ comes in. This is where reading the Bible comes in. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. And for those that don't even know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're listening to us today and, and you have no idea that for sure you're in God's family, uh, then we want to invite you to, to really investigate. Go read John chapter 3 in the, in the Bible. Grab a Bible and read John chapter 3 where Jesus talks to a very religious guy. And then, and then go contact our live coaches at, at hopenet360.com and talk to them and say, I, I want to be in God's family. Help me get there. And, and we'll do that. But the bottom line really is when you're in God's family, there is something inside of you called the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is more powerful than anything else in this world, and God is more powerful than anything in this world. Yep. You remember the story, Jeff, I told, uh, I, was in, I was in Africa once, and we broke, uh, our car broke down in a very, very bad spot. It was a terrible spot. Is there a good spot for your car to break down? Yeah, well, there were some good spots uh, by, by resorts and things, but, oh. th- but this wasn't by one. And our missionary that was driving just said, this would be a good time to pray. You know I mean? That, that was all he said. Mm. And I thought, oh, man. So I get out of the car, and there's a bunch of guys coming at us. We've got a flat tire. And there's a village of, of guys coming with, with sticks and things that are going to beat us to death. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm going, uh-oh. And, and I turned to a younger man with me and I said, get the tire changed. We got one left. Go get it changed while I go talk to him. And I, and I have no idea what I'm going to do at this point. Mm. No idea. I'm just going to go stall him or take a beating or something. And so I, I was walking towards this crowd. And, and as I was walking, and I, in my mind, I'm probably exaggerating, probably one step toward them or whatever. I don't remember. But as I did, all of a sudden, they seemed to drop their sticks and back off. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm pretty bad. You know, I mean, yeah, you know. But then I remembered the guy behind me, there's another guy that got out of the car. And he was in an African outfit that he bought. He's six foot 10, 320 pounds. And he got out of the car and he was just standing behind me with his arms folded. And I thought, you know, I didn't know he was there. But I'm thinking, yeah, you guys are backing off. I am one bad guy, you know. And then I look around and I kind of thought, yeah, I'm with him. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm with him. Often I've thought that that's all I need to do with Satan is to make sure that God is right there. And I, all I got to do is say I'm with him. Yeah. And, and Satan has to drop whatever he's doing and, and submit to this one. Yeah. And, and so I'll never forget that, that moment in history, that, that time where that happened, not because I was really good at what I was doing, although I'd like to believe that, but because it taught me I'm with him principle. And I would encourage our listeners to start applying the I'm with him principle rather than I can do this on my own principle. You know, the thing about the devil is he always has a card that can get played against him, and that is that he cannot take over God's position. He cannot become that first cause. God is holy. He is good. He is just. He is righteous. There's nothing that the devil can do to to take over his place, and he knows that. So the next best thing he can do is go after the thing that God created to get back at him, to cause him grief and to cause him pain, more or less. But the reality is he can't stand up to God. And so all we have to really do is just make sure we arm ourselves with the truth. And that is in in Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus was very exclusive in that statement, but he said it in a way where it's so important that we understand that we can just go to God, that our relationship with him 
can be founded on the truth and that we can stand up to any deception, any attacks that the enemy is going to throw at us because, again, God is our trump card. So we're going to talk about this when we come back. We'll wrap things up on the show. Join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV, and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, wrapping things up with you tonight on this conversation. But it's not the complete conversation. We could talk for hours and hours about spiritual deception, spiritual darkness, the battle that's going on, things that you're facing in your life. We would love to hear from you tonight. If you want to share your story with us, you can shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com or connect with us on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. You can also follow us. We're at HopeNet Radio on Twitter, and we would love to have you follow us. We post our show, some quotes, some stuff there um, as well. And you might find those tweets, some of those things in our show notes tonight at HopeNet360.com, which those are there for you to go back and just revisit some things that we talk about on this show because there's so much more to this conversation than just what we get to cover on a, a you know about an hour of time. So this is one of those conversations, Dave, that I think is vitally important, not just to those who are believers, those people who are in the faith who understand that there's a battle going on, but even those who are outside the faith who don't quite understand this world doesn't make sense to them. Why do bad things happen? Why do we see violence in the news almost every single day? Why do we hear about these things? Why do things happen to my friends that cause me pain, that maybe it it involves them being sick or things that are going on, breakups, relationship issues that are going on, families that are broken up, divorce, all these issues that happen that we don't know how to wrestle with. It seems like they're physical, but what we've been talking about, Dave, is there's there's a spiritual side to this as well. Right. You know, it's the manifestation of sin. Sin causes problems, and sin is physical. And it starts in the mind, but it demonstrates itself in the physical. Uh, when we battle this thing right, when we we're in the when we're in the spiritual and we're loving God, we know the truth. It also starts with the mind, but the fruit is righteousness and calmness and peace and that kind of thing. Mm. I tell you, if you love God, you're going to act like you love God, and the key is loving God. If you love God, I promise this: you you won't be raping somebody, you won't be murdering somebody, you won't be running airplanes into into buildings. If you love God, you won't be doing that. Because that's not a manifestation of actually loving God. Mm-hmm. It's a manifestation of trying to solve things in the flesh. In other words, taking it and moving it to another realm. The flesh, this world in which we live in, this physical that we live in, is the realm where Satan dominates often and, and rules. And, and for us to get out of this, we have to do it through the renewal of our minds, through thinking through things, through reading the scriptures and understanding God and choosing not to be allowing that to to rule us. Mm. When we get all messed up, we start actually accusing God of all kinds of things that he's not, doing things he's not. We actually say in some religions, you know, my God told me to run airplanes into buildings and stuff because now we're even creating God of a different making of some sort. So Mm. it's really important that, that we understand what truth is and that truth does set you free. I mean, I love the idea of, of learning how to be a married man by looking at what the Bible says. It sets me free to be a good husband, a good father. Mm-hmm. I, I love seeing what freedom does yeah. um, in my life. I, I love not having to use somebody. I love not being used hmm. by people. 
Yeah. And, 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 you know, Satan is the ultimate user. We talked about that. And I think people need to start looking at Satan and seeing him for what he really is. And, and when you start putting the right tags on him, he's the father of lies. He's a deceiver. He, he's a user. I mean, when you start looking at what he really is, you're saying, yeah, I don't want to be around him. Yeah. Not only don't you want to be around him, but if you look in our lives, we are people that often lie, deceive, and use people. It's like, no, that's of Satan. Yeah, that's not, that's not of God. It's the opposite that God does. God actually lives in the realm of truth. And then I also get to look at people and help them be the best they can be. I don't need to use them. I need to help them. Mm-hmm. I don't need to enable them. I need to empower them. And that's, that's the other side. That's the spiritual side. And, and hopefully our, our listeners can carry on this dialogue with us on, on all of the different venues that we have, whether it be email or whether it be whatever else we got. Yeah. The way that Satan likes to work, and I give you this arsenal because it's important that we realize that the enemy has some tactics. He has some ways that he likes to work. And one of the things that we know about the devil is he just, he loves evil. He loves to be in the darkness. He loves to create darkness or fog or confusion in our life. He likes to spread lies or even half truths. You know, I think about some of these ads that you see on, you know, online postings of maybe some car ads and you see this, this car, this vehicle that has, you know, 280,000 miles on it, but it still runs good. You know, some of these ads that are like, yeah, it probably, if you were just going to take it at face value, oh, that sounds like a really great vehicle, 280,000 miles on it, but it runs like it was just dropped off the, the shelf yesterday. So, you know, we, we tend to see these things happen in our life, deception, making things look better than they really are. That's what Satan loves to do. He wants to, to take something that was intended to be good and to take it and to twist it, manipulate it, and get you to believe that this application in your life, whether it be, you know, promiscuous living, sexual relationships, uh, things in our life, using people to get what we want, you know, acquiring all these worldly things, um, just, you know, focusing on ourself. He likes to make us look better than what we really are to say that we're an end in ourself. Um, he also likes to make us feel all alone. So as soon as we recognize that, man, I'm flawed, I, I make mistakes, I fail, um, man, nobody else knows what I'm going through. Nobody else understands what I'm dealing with. And it moves us into this place where we feel isolated and alone. The devil loves that. He loves to make us feel like we are all by ourselves, and that we have to, if we're not strong enough to handle ourselves, well, too bad. God's not really going to come down. He's not really going to change his plans because you don't feel like you're you know, good enough or whatever in your life. So he loves isolation. Here's the ultimate thing that the devil loves to do and what his whole purpose is. John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's a polar opposite going on here. The devil wants to keep us from experiencing life, abundant life for sure, but just life in general. He wants to take it away. He wants to kill. He wants to cause it to cease to exist even in this world. But Jesus came to set us free, like he talks about, that he came to give us life. And uh, Dave, there's another passage in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, that says this, to stay alert, to watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, that every day in a spiritual way, there is a battle going on for your soul, for my soul. And uh, Dave, maybe some final thoughts on those passages? Yeah, when you end with the idea of him being a roaring lion, I'm telling you, there's something about cats where they love to stalk their prey. Mm. And then they love to play with it before it dies. 
they they love the suffering aspect for some reason. Now, those of you that are cat lovers, I'm not saying anything against cats and anything you don't even know. I mean, that's just the nature of cats. If you see them go after a mouse or a chipmunk or something like that. And that's so graphic as far as how Satan works. He is a user and he wants to get tremendous pleasure from our demise. But he's got to package it in a way where you buy it. And that's what he's trying to do. And that's where the lies and deception come from. The only hope that I have and the only hope that you have is by opening God's word and staying in where there's truth and evaluating our life on the great deception smasher, the word of God, and and begin to understand that that's exactly the only defense that you have is by saying, I'm with him. I'm with God. I know what he says. I'm going to listen to him no matter how I feel, mm. because when we got to the feeling part, we start moving to the physical. So uh, we encourage this dialogue to continue off off air here and, and continue to look forward to helping those listeners as they struggle through this. Psalm 34, 12 through 18 says, Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That's some great encouragement for you this week on the show. That's all the time we have tonight on HopeNet Radio. We would love to connect with you on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTV. Join the tweet back with us. Share your thoughts. Share some questions that you have and maybe some ideas for upcoming topics and conversations on the show. You can also email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. While you're at our website, hopenet360.com, our show notes are available there. Live coaches are also available to chat, and you can also learn about some QPR training, suicide prevention training available here in Northeast Wisconsin. So all that, lots of stuff available at HopeNet360.com. For all of us here on the show, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online next week. Bye-bye.